Well, friends, it's good to see all of you again. I hate it. At, it's at the expense of Sylvester's well-being, but it's nice to see you. Nice to welcome you this morning. Good to be in God's house. And, um, you know, praise Him for all things. I want to share with you just one second, and then I want to start to share with you here about this, uh, this uh, part of the Sermon on the Mount that we call the Lord's Prayer. Uh, when Isaac called me Friday morning um, and asked me if I might be available, I said yes. And I said yes as I was experiencing a cloud of dust, literally, in my garage. Probably a wise man would at minimum, at minimum have had a dust mask on, or a wise man would have had a respirator on, but I had neither. So I do not have the crud but I might have a bit of sawdust, so if I cough this morning, don't panic, okay? I told a church one time, I said, if I ever die from a heart attack, don't blame God. I like my cow to moo, I like my fish fried, and my chicken deep fried. So if I cough this morning, it's because I wasn't smart enough to wear a dust mask. Anyway, enough of that. I love this verse of Scripture. I love this... Um, I, lo I love this prayer. I've been engaged in trying to understand how to pray this prayer and walk in this and learn from this and use this as a pattern of prayer in my life uh, for all of my life. I, uh, I uh, grew up in uh, Sunday school. That's probably my first encounter with the Lord's Prayer, praying it on Sunday mornings. Um, that's where I learned it. Uh, sometimes it's called the Lord's Prayer. Sometimes it's called the Disciples' Prayer doesn't really make any difference what we call it. But when queried by his disciples, Jesus said, pray ye then in this manner. And so we continue to do that. I think one of the challenges we have is that when we pray together and when the church prays the Lord's Prayer together, it excites me in my soul and in my spirit because it's a communal prayer. It's a time when the body of Christ and for what we, we don't agree on much anymore today, friends. But it's one thing that we sort of agree on and can do together without it causing a great big controversy is to pray this Lord's Prayer together. It's something the body of Christ can join together and do. I don't know how many of you have been reading um, Amy Jo Levine's book on the Sermon on the Mount, but if you're not, I want to encourage you to do that. If you don't have it in your possession, get it in your possession. Her thoughts from a Jewish perspective on Jesus on the, thir on the Sermon on the Mount is just, uh, is just astounding to me. And uh, my covenant group, and covenant group by that I mean other pastors and I hold each other accountable. We, uh, at this point, meet once a week on Wednesday mornings. But we studied this book together about a year ago. And I had not heard of her before, but I'm just deeply appreciative of what she writes and how she writes it and the insight. You see, I, I'm not afraid to claim my Jewish heritage through Jesus. And the more that I understand about that, the more that I can understand about what Jesus said and what Jesus taught and how he has helped shape and transform my life. And so I appreciate in a deep way what she's got to say. My first experience, at least of remembrance, was of the Lord's Prayer 
And like I said, I've prayed it for years and years and years and years, probably when I was 13 or 14 years old, standing in church one morning as we were going through the responsive readings and we were going through the other things that we did and we came to the Lord's Prayer. You know, I was a 13-year-old boy and I had a watch. And so I timed how long it took the church to say the Lord's Prayer. You know how long it took them? 22 seconds. And I thought to myself, are we pausing to pray? Are we simply reciting what we've learned to recite? And so I, uh, I, I, I pondered that for a lot of years. And then in the 80s, I got into the Lord's Prayer uh, because of the words of Jesus uh, in the garden. He says, could you not tarry with me one hour? That led me into a much deeper study of the Lord's Prayer. And so... Um, as I've learned over the years, um, when I pray the Lord's Prayer, now when I'm leading the whole congregation, I do pretty good. <clears throat> but when it's just me standing there, I have to pray quietly, uh, Barb, so I don't mess you up. Because I have to stop once in a while. When I get to our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, I, I just want to pause for a while. There's that meddlesome part in this prayer that says, Forgive us our trespasses, forgive us our debts, forgive us our sins, however you translate that, but forgive us, God, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And that always causes me to pause just a bit to say, who am I still ticked off at? I don't know if you ever get to that point, but we used to do a thing when I was uh, <coughs> doing youth ministry with youth groups, and uh, we would say, <clears throat> well, let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. And we had somebody standing off to the side uh, that usually had a pretty booming voice. And we would begin, Our Father. And this person would say, Yes. I've wanted to do that in churches for years, but I was always afraid I'd give somebody a heart attack. Because <laughs> we're not expecting God to answer. Yes. So that get, led us into an opportunity to talk about the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I'm one of those folks that has always had a hard trouble. Um, <coughs> one of my favorite songs over the years has been Mac Davis's song. Now, some of you <coughs> weren't around for that, but Mac Davis song, had a song that said, Stop and Smell the Roses Along the Way. I used to sing that song. <coughs> and I like that song because I found that difficult to do, to stop and smell the roses. Always have. I was sitting there thinking the other day, I've worked for a long time to get to the point where I am um, able to work in my wood shop every day if I want to. And yet I feel something that says you've got to have a drive to accomplish something or do something and not just breathe in deeply what's going on. I think uh, one of our challenges as men and women of Christ is that um, we breathe deeply when we come together and pray the Lord's Prayer. Um, when I began to slow down, when I began to think about what was in that Lord's Prayer, my relationship with God got closer. It got better. I learned to pause longer. It says in Isaiah, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. It's always been my challenge 
<coughs> to wait upon the Lord. But as I begin to wait upon the Lord, as we pray through this Lord's Prayer, it just touches my soul, it touches my heart. <coughs> well, excuse me. <coughs> Somebody just say, that was stupid. <laughs> Not to wear a mask. You can say it, I know it. Sometimes I pray the Lord's Prayer just a part of my daily spiritual discipline. I try to read the Word. <coughs> I try to pray every day. Some days I put into that discipline praying the Lord's Prayer. I like it as a corporate prayer, but it's also an individual prayer for me. One of the things that I'm most blessed by is when we come to the place at the very beginning where we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Um, I began to think about, and I, years ago, years ago, I learned uh, <coughs> some of the Hebrew names of God. And those Hebrew names mean a great deal as I think about them. So, <coughs> I, I think Jehovah said, can you, God, you are my righteousness. Jehovah God, Jehovah Makadesh, God, you're my sanctifier. You're the one who sets me apart. I love this one. I think it would be well when we're praying the Lord's Prayer or any other prayer. I think it's great also, folks, if you sit down with your family once in a while, just your family, and just pray this prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, talk to your kids about that. Talk to your grandkids about it. Talk to your spouse, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, because you are Jehovah Shalom. You are our peace that passes all understanding. I wish our world today would be praying that prayer and calling upon the God of peace. Maybe something would change. Maybe some of the hatred would change. Maybe some of the angst would change. Maybe some of the judgment would change. Oh, Lord God, you are Jehovah Shalom. You are our peace, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Jehovah Rophe is our healer. Jehovah Yuri is our provision. Sometimes I just stand, God, you are all-powerful and all-knowing. How many of you have an opinion about politics? How many of you have an opinion about our world? How many of you really are just as confused as confused can be? And in the simplicity of who we are, pray, God help, because I don't know how else to pray. Well, all of the hatred and the bitterness and the strife and the angst and all of that stuff, I stand in the presence of God or kneel in the presence of God or sit in the presence of God. God, you are all-knowing, omniscient, holy God. One of the challenges I wanted to give you this morning was this, is that go home and, uh, um, oh, you can do it right now if you want to, but I'm, I'm saying go home, get you out a piece of paper, 
and write down every name or every thought you have about God. Book of Psalms, he's our high tower. <coughs> he's our refuge. <coughs> he's our strength. And when you pray, our Father, <coughs> who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Allow his strength to come into you. Allow his peace to permeate you. Lord God, you are my joy. <coughs> Excuse me, you are my happiness. When you're challenged, I find praying this prayer is when I'm challenged by whatever it is, just knowing and remembering who God it helps me. Helps me to know I'm not alone, I'm not by myself. That the one whom I call Lord God Almighty has the capacity to make a difference in me and then make a difference in this world. So sometimes when we begin to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. If you hear my voice go silent, it's because I'm thanking God and praising God for who he is. We go on to the next part of this prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I believe God has something unbelievably, incomprehensibly good for us in this thing called heaven. But I believe God has something unbelievably, uncomprehensibly good for us in his kingdom on this earth as well. I believe that's experienced best in the body of Christ. But I believe thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven is a valid prayer to pray, something valid to ask for, to open yourself up to, to put into your spirit, to think about, to meditate on. Kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Maybe we think about praying it this way. Thy kingdom be done thy will on my spouse. When's the last time you prayed for your spouse? Come thy kingdom be done thy will on my children or my grandchildren or my family or those people I like. Oh, you might want to pick up your feet. Come thy kingdom be done thy will on those people that I don't like. Come thy kingdom, be done thy will on my enemies. And allow that moment not to be just the phrase in a prayer that we pray together, but let that become a moment of remembrance. I think the Lord's Prayer is not only a prayer to pray together, but I think it's a pattern of prayer for us. Come thy kingdom, be done thy will on our nation. Let me move on here. Give us this day our daily bread. I think there's some layers to this. Um, some of that understanding comes from the daily provision of God provided manna for the children of Israel in the desert. After, they, after the exodus. Every day, they got the bread, the manna they needed, 
and they could only take what they needed, and the rest of it, if they tried to hoard some, would go bad. And so my thought is, is that I often pray this for our family. I've prayed this over the years. Give us this day our daily bread, God. Now, I got to confess that sometimes in my mind and thought, I was really thinking, I think about this in terms of a monthly basis, God, so I'd really like to have about 30 days worth. Do you mind? I think about this, um, you know, uh, well, not only this month, but I got car insurance coming up in two months. Uh, give me about 60 days worth so I, just, so I don't have to worry about it anymore. So I don't have to trust you on a daily basis. <coughs> but how about if we took this to one more level, praying not just for me or just my family, or praying for others like me, what about praying for those not like me? Or praying for those I just really don't like? Am I willing to pray, give us this day our daily bread for those in Iran? Or Iraq? Or Afghanistan? I must confess to you that I was thrilled this morning to see the United States pull ahead of China in the Olympic gold race. I just was. And uh, I'm sure there's something deeper in that. Well, I know there's something deeper in that. But, um, you know, God, give this daily bread to all of those in other lands that I'm a little hesitant about or to the people down the street that I'm really hesitant about. Provide for them, God, in Jesus' name. I had an aha moment back in 2008 about this. We were in, um, I had just, just joined the cabinet, and we were down in Lake Junaluska, North Carolina, and celebrating the 40th anniversary of the coming together of the Evangelical United Brethren Church and the Methodist Church to form the United Methodist Church. And there at that event, uh, our cabinet and bishop, we met up with some of our partner district superintendents from the nation of like country of Liberia. And some of those came home with us. And so we decided to take our brothers out <clears throat> to dinner one night while we were down there and we took them out to a nice restaurant. We wanted to treat them to a nice meal. And I was the, the treasurer of the cabinet, so that meant I had the cabinet credit card, which sounds really awe-inspiring until you realize that what that meant was is that I had to write down what every person's meal was by name. Paper trail, paper trail. Anyway, so I was paying the bill, and the superintendent that had been assigned to the Embraer River District just made a comment, not being rude, not being unkind, just made a comment. He says, my goodness, that meal would have fed my village for a month. And I thought to myself the next time I pray, give us this day our daily bread. I just thought to myself, hmm, what does that really mean for me? What does that mean for others? What does that mean for the brothers and sisters in Liberia? Or I think about our connection with Haiti and what's going on down there. Give us this day our daily bread. So, 
I just challenge you when you pray that prayer, maybe think a little bit bigger than you sometimes pray. I got to keep moving here, folks. And forgive us our trespasses or our sins as we forgive those who trespass against us. Some of you might remember a number of years ago, I did a little teaching on uh, forgiveness. Excuse me just a moment. You can go ahead and say, that was dumb, Randy. <laughs> and I think I gave you, oh, I know I did. I gave you five principles that I used to try to deal with. Because that's a meddlesome prayer. Forgive me, God, tied with that as I forgive others. And so I gave you this little thing called, uh, that I just called prayers of forgiveness or thoughts towards forgiveness is don't nurse it. Don't curse it. Don't rehearse it. Release it and let God reverse it. I've been thinking recently a lot about some of the things that have happened in this country. One of my covenant brothers went to um, a university in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I asked him, I said, did you ever hear about this massacre of this whole African-American black community city when you were in school? Hadn't heard about it. How do those folks come to the place that they forgive when that kind of travesty happens? Or I was thinking about the um, Native American children at the school. My Lord and my God. So I don't want to be flippant when I say forgiveness. Because I've never had an experienced, really hope I don't, something at that magnitude. So my prayer is simply be help them, God, because I don't know what else to say. I don't know how you move beyond that kind of thing to a major, I do know if you don't forgive and you hang on to it, it's going to eat your lunch. But I also know it's not some flippant, easy way to say, just, well, just forgive them. Man. So when I pray that prayer, at least the last several months when I've been praying, lead us not, or when I've been praying, forgive us of our trespasses, I've been praying that for our nation as well. That we might, God, forgive us for the things that we have done wrong. And finally, lead us not into the temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You know, temptation here is an interesting word. It could be trial or it could be tribulation. I like to talk about it in terms of praying a hedge of protection around people. That's an Old Testament thought about how we pray around people, God's hedge of protection, so they don't have to encounter some of the awfulness in the world. Or if they do, God will help us through those journeys. So I just invite you this morning as a part of this series on the Sermon on the Mountain, that when you pray the Lord's Prayer the next time, if you need to pause for a moment, go ahead and do it. It's all right. If you need to stop for a moment and confess who you've not yet forgiven, it's better to do that than to keep on and lose that train of thought. If you need to stop on, you say... Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
and just begin to thank God for being God, it's all right to do that. In fact, I think it's a good and healthy thing to do that. So I invite you to take this prayer not only out of what's led in the worship on Sunday morning, but take it home with you and make it part of your daily experience. Make it a part of your weekly experience. Make it a part of your family experience to pray together in a manner that Jesus taught us. Holy God, we search and yearn for ways to get closer to you. Jesus, sometimes repeating literally the words that you say, other times searching for their meaning to get deeper. I pray for us at Calvary Church. I pray for us as the church of your greater kingdom. That Holy Spirit, you might help us to pray. That you would cause us to pause, listen to your voice when we pray together. That we might understand you today better than we did yesterday and draw closer to you. We ask this, mighty God, in your holy name. God's people said, amen. Friends, I want to invite you to stand so we can sing together.